RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Hi, can I teach you a lesson? It's 7 p.m. on a Monday night. That means it's time for Mission Log Live. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. And I'm John Champion. Time to talk Lower Decks. We've arrived at Episode 6, Terminal Provocations. Computers, am I right? Can't live with them. Can't punch them out in a frozen wasteland. Just what was in that debris field that everyone wanted to get their hands on? I mean, like, seriously, it's just garbage. Any thoughts? What are your theories? Let us know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with unopened Mego action figures. That, that would be my desire for that debris field. But, you know, anyway, here's a tip for you. <laughs> you can be a part of the show if you click on the Zoom meeting link or you pick up your smartphone and use the one-tap number or call us at 669-900-6833 and enter the meeting code. Oh, I have another tip. Put in the meeting password. Oh, oh wait, uh, one more tip. Uh, I will rip your heart out. No, no, I can't, I can't say those things to you, <laughs> Ashley, or to our listeners. That It feels wrong. It feels wrong. But God, it's so funny. <laughs> so funny. And don't worry, John, someone on Twitter will say that. <laughs> they will. They I want to wear your skin. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I had such ideas for Badgie for the poll. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, let's talk about who's in the chat, who's saying hi to us tonight. Uh, nice selection of people here. They're always, always nice to see them. There's uh, Evelyn, there's Scott Palm. What's up, Scott? There's Rhea. Now, Rhea says, good evening, all. I miss you guys, but I'm so burned out on online meetings i do not blame you i just can't join in but hi to everyone hope all is well with you and lower decks is effing awesome much love live long and prosper um oh my gosh there's carrie uh there's oh carrie says this is the bright side to my class being canceled tonight he's getting to join us on account of air quality Oh, we'll we'll have something to say about that in a moment, Carrie. Uh, yeah, there's Paul, there's Lou, there's Aaron, there's Scott, uh, other Scott, not not the first Scott, other Scott. Uh, there's Alan, there's uh, oh my gosh, uh, other Paul, there's Tom, uh, there's Casey, Casey saying champion. Uh, there's Chuck. Uh, there's so many people saying hi. It is great to see you all. Uh, so, oh, wait a minute. Uh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to have to stop my Eagle Moss soon. I'm running out of room. I'm sorry, what? Evelyn. I'm so <laughs> sorry. So uh, Don't do it. Don't stop. Oh. No, peer pressure, peer right, pressure. Right. Well, so glad to see you all. Thank you all for joining us. Um, gosh, uh, well, first of all, let's talk about what's coming up. Um, I don't know if any of you are playing the Sansar Roddenberry Recovery Mission at sansar.com. That has been our scavenger hunt uh, going on for the last month or so. We release clues three times a week uh, on Twitter at Sansar Official. And uh, and it's cool. We have all the, the props and costumes and pieces from our museum scattered about and the winner can get an Oculus Rift or an iPad, their choice. Dang. I know, not bad, right? And then one way we promoted it and and had a little fun, did a little game on our end, we had Will Wheaton as a guest in VR last week. And it was just a blast. It was a lot of fun. 
And um, he had some great insights into Star Trek, which I, I hope that we'll be able to share a little piece uh, with our audience on a yes. future podcast. So, uh, yeah, look, look forward to that so soon, yeah, maybe a couple of weeks or so. Um, all right, so we don't have a poll this week. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. to the polls, I guess. Uh, I somebody, I... somebody very kindly suggested a workaround that didn't work out. <laughs> didn't work. And then somebody had also suggested Twitter, which I think is a great idea. The only downside is with Twitter, they don't have a way to automatically build in the graphic with the mm-hmm. poll. And I really, I wanted to talk about Badgie. <laughs> and I wanted to present the two faces of Badgie. Um, are you, do you love helpful Badgie or do you love angry homicidal Badgie? Oh, I'm definitely here for murderous Badgie <laughs> for sure. Uh, the number of true crime podcasts that I subscribe to in my podcast feed definitely backs that up. Okay. But there's okay. room, there's room for both Badgies. I can't wait. Sure. I talk about merch every episode. I can't wait for a badgie where you can either flip him and he goes evil or you turn him to the other side and he's evil on the back. Like there's a lot of fun possibilities with badgie. I guess it would definitely like the frozen badgie and then the Mm -hmm. broken neck badgie. (laughs) I know it was really, you could actually see how good the 3D animation uh, aspects were when badgie was uh, put out of his misery and I was like that's a really nice little graphic right there I mean horrifying but of course of <laughs> well course. rendered <laughs> yeah oh god those endearing words like I'm going to wear your skin uh so Ashley uh welcome back to the show by the way so thank uh, you yeah you're you're here uh, Norman and I alternate uh every other week uh and then that gives us a little flexibility but now you you were gonna be here for that 10 weeks and then something went wrong uh speaking of air quality yeah yeah uh i was up in norcal and it turns out that it was uh more on fire than i thought it was going to be and i knew it was pretty on fire we were coming back and we got stopped and told Uh, you wait here until we tell you to leave or continue uh and i was like cool well there's fully like seven hours it's gonna be fine oh my gosh. it was uh i'm i'm i only i wound up missing it by about two hours which i feel is like pretty good all things considered but uh also when you get that far up north and that far in the woods uh you know our communicators are not quite as trusty as mm-hmm. they are on the enterprise so for me it was a lot of putting the phone on the ground, not touching it, trying to send an email. <laughs> so oh thank you gosh. to you and Earl and Norman for being so sweet in your email responses. Thank you to Shar and everyone else who just like stepped in and made it wonderful in spite of my being here. And to be honest, it was really cool to the next day get to play spectator. That was really yeah. fun. <laughs> That's where well, I started I, out with Mission Log. <laughs> I mean, most important thing is that you're safe, you're mm-hmm. well, and wow, what a what a harrowing thing. So um, Yeah, now, now our city's on fire, John. So we'll, yeah, we'll see if is. the show is here next it, week. It is. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, glad I'm, I have an inside job right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, uh, in the chat, uh, very quickly, uh, Scott said that he can't wait to see somebody do badgy cosplay. And I cannot wait to see that either we were talking before the show uh i want to see that i want to see cool guy boimler yes I definitely <laughs> want to see that there are so many good cosplay to come out of uh lower decks so I, john i want you to be cool guy boimler i hey challenge accepted <laughs> i will totally 
<laughs> I will try to pull off that coolness. Halloween cool 2021? 2021. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, hey, I tell you what, without further ado, let's, uh, let's do a quick recap here. And then I know that we have callers standing by. I can't wait to talk to them about all the fun in this episode. All right. Let's do it. Here we go. Doing what they do, a whole bunch of the Lower Decks crew are hanging out, making warp engine sounds, which leads Commander Ransom to think they're all possessed or something. He draws his weapon and throws Boimler to the floor as we head to the credits. Ashley, your best warp engine sound right now. Okay, good. Good. Best. we'll try later all right uh the cerritos is in a field of old space junk and fighting for salvage rights over some hundred year old starfleet gear with a very ornery captain of a drukmani yes drukmani vessel the opposing vessels fire their tractor beams rather than sharing in a phaser fight and play tug of war with the debris Meanwhile, Boimler, Mariner, and the affable Fletcher in the bar, where an incident with Nachos and Dr. Tiana stops them from boiling over thanks to Fletcher's deft diplomatic hand. Also in the room are Rutherford and Tendi, who speculate over what's in that old Starfleet cargo. They might even get the spacewalk to find out, except Tendi never made it past the spacewalk class at the Academy. The shame! (laughs) No problem. Rutherford has his own holodeck simulation to help train her. The interface for his simulation launches, and it's... It's badgy! Yes, it's a Starfleet Delta badge, anthropomorphized enough to have eyes and a mouth and cute little arms and legs. He's here to help. Only he sometimes gets stuck in his programming, which leads Rutherford to bark out a few commands. When those go unanswered, swift kick ought to do it. Badgy is just some programming after all. He can't be hurt by a frustrated user. Or can he? Meanwhile, Mariner and Boimler are helping Fletcher tech the tech in the computer core, moving around isolinear chips without end. They're bummed, too, because they really want to go to the choo-choo dance and see the Zebulon sisters. I really hope they brought along Garlock this time. But Fletcher says, go, he's got this. They should have a good time. And he's got this. Good old Fletcher, what could go wrong? Turns out, a lot. Mariner and Boimler had the best time at the choo-choo dance, but while Fletcher was working on his own, someone stunned him with a phaser and made off with one of the computer cores, the one that self-repairs the shields for the Cerritos. They'll need to figure out who did it before the ship runs a shield diagnostic, or worse, they'll know just who to suspect. Delta shift. Delta shift. Yes. <laughs> Only it's not them. The Delta shift were at the choo-choo dance as well, which means they didn't knock out Fletcher and make away with an isolinear core. Things are about to get worse, though, as the Drukmani ship is now hurling space jump at the Cerritos. With his tractor beam, it's making for a rough ride, and the shields, guess what? The shields can't self-repair. Each hit gets worse and worse, and computer systems all over the ship start to fry out including in the holodeck. So there's Rutherford and Tindy and Badgie that is definitely having some kind of glitch. Safety protocols fail and Badgie straight up attacks Rutherford. Uh, oh, oh, and Rutherford quickly changes the program to a Bajoran marketplace. Rutherford and Tindy are on the run from a homicidal virtual assistant. Meanwhile, Mariner, Boimler, and Fletcher are on the hunt for the missing core, which they find in Fletcher's bunk. 
See, Fletcher is a nice guy, but not the brightest bulb, and certainly not when he's left to his own devices like he was. He thought he could speed things along by connecting the core to his brain, but that failed, and he thought he could just hide the evidence. Stupid, stupid Fletcher! He begs his crewmates for forgiveness, which they do, only now they're facing the computer core, which has somehow come alive. It got some of Fletcher's brainwaves in it, and, and it's gone haywire, smashing stuff, trying to ingest whatever tech is nearby, trying to get smarter. Fletcher comes up with another lie to get them out of this, but Mariner and Boimler drag the thing closer and closer to an airlock where they can shoot it out into space. They do, and the thing flies right into the Drukmani ship, tearing it up from the inside, causing some kind of catastrophic failure. Good thing, too. The Cerrito shields were completely down by now. Weapons systems, too. They are saved by whatever just happened. Not quite saved yet, though, is Rutherford, who has tried to throw off Badgley, uh, Badgley by switching <laughs> to an Arctic hologram uh, program. It works for a moment, but he knows the only way to end it is to fight off Badgie once and for all. It's brutal. Badgie stabs Rutherford with a shard of ice, but as he gets colder, it's more difficult to fight. Rutherford, in a show of mercy slash self-protection, snaps Badgie's neck. That's just as Cerritos computers come back online as holodeck safety protocols are restored, and there's Badgie, chipper as ever, just ready to help. Rutherford and Tendi leave. Now it's time to deal with Fletcher. He messed up big time. Commander Ransom is furious about whatever was going on in the lower decks, and he intends to get the bottom of it. Mariner steps in to set the record straight, and guess what? Fletcher gets a promotion. He's lauded for his brilliant idea to weaponize the computer core and save the Cerritos from the Drukmane ship. Mariner lied. She knows a thing or two about promoting people to get rid of them. And that's just what happens when Lieutenant Fletcher is transferred over to the USS Titan. And he doesn't last. Six days later, he gets fired for dumping trash in the warp core. It's back to Earth for Fletcher. And that leaves Boimler and Mariner to contemplate that they actually do make a pretty good team sometimes. The end. Yay! Yeah. Murder! <laughs> it's, it's, I, I think it's maybe the only time in a Star Trek series that we've really pulled for the homicidal <laughs> program. Uh, you know, usually when you're cheering for a homicidal villain in Trek, they are a holodeck creation, though. Like, I'm, well, I I, love the Moriarty episode. Moriarty. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, love, we, we weren't pulling for Moriarty to win, though, were we? No, I mean, just, no just we don't want Badger Moriarty. to win either. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. They had, you know, what's so weird about the production cycle for, well, for animation in general, but for mm -hmm. Lower Decks specifically, is that there's such a long lead time yeah. and you really you can only edit what you have filmed you can only film what you intend to go in the final edit it's a very expensive process right yes surely they had to have watched this they had to have been at the table read and just gone oh my god badgie badgie <laughs> we need more badgie i you hope know? so <laughs> yeah yeah he's not dead so, because you no. can always reprogram him. So there right. is potential for more badgie. Yes. <laughs> I'm so twisted and weird. So uh, 
Yeah, right. Hey, let's go ahead and welcome. I was going to say, speaking of twisted and weird, but I'll refrain myself. Uh, <laughs> let us welcome the Vice Admiral to the show with uh, first comments here on this week's episode. Vice Admiral, welcome. Thank to, you, John. Ashley. Welcome to, welcome to Terminal Provocations. <laughs> it is. Uh, it was an interesting episode, I think. No 47s that I saw, unfortunately. Oh, I did catch that there's a 007 in one of the uh, one of the bunks. Uh, Mm. It's like one, two, three. And then yeah, they all go in order. And you notice that that our main character shifts have the two as the second digit and the the next Mm. shift, the one had the three. So they get, you know, right. Consistency. Right. 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 Yeah. But why? Why was Ransom carrying a phaser around? (laughs) Because he's a man. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Well, I wonder... like that. I go, because the script says so. <laughs> yeah. Well, yep. is that, or look, if you've learned anything from DS9, you can just walk up to any wall and there's a weapons locker Absolutely. made out of a, an off the shelf Rubbermaid product. You can just open it up. An action packer, in fact. Yeah. yeah an action yeah. packer. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm shocked that we haven't gone to a convention and seen just a Rubbermaid booth full of action packer products. Oh my God. Being so sold funny. as official DS9 weapons lockers. That's you know, someone's, if, a someone's booth idea now. <laughs> yeah, I, I just see here that one's for free. Yeah, yeah. We should we should build a couple of drink dispensers into them, and <laughs> nice. I think that would work out well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But speaking yes. of ransom, did you notice the? Uh, the it, it was probably not intentional, but there's a potential really deep cut about ransom in this episode. Oh. Okay, do you remember? The uh, Voyager episode, Equinox. Yes, but not... What was the captain's name? Not the same Ransom, but it was Ransom. And in the novelization of the episode, Mm -hmm. Captain Ransom was once stationed at Starbase 80. I was going to bring up Starbase 80! (laughs) No way! Okay, that is too funny. But but do they reveal anything in that episode uh, or or in that book about what happens at Starbase 80? Because, oh my God. No, it's a passing reference. That's why I think it's probably just random. But hey, you know, it's a little thing. Yeah, got it. (laughs) That's hilarious. I was trying to speculate what goes on at uh, Starbase 80. I mean, nothing good, right? (laughs) No, clearly. Clearly. I do like that it's been, because Starbase 80, for me, I think of as being like a strictly book canon. So to have them say it in the show, I was like, oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, right. right. But apparently awful. Right. I mean, yes, yes. Like murder. (laughs) Like, Like wearing skin. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. But, so, but uh, why is it, John? Yeah, no, go ahead. That every AI that goes bad in Star Trek becomes murderous. There were technically three in this episode, right? You had Badgie, mm-hmm. you had the um, the the isolinear core, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. had technically you had Fletcher because he had a little bit of computer in his brain, and he went from being kind of a peacemaker and not a terrible person to violence and everything he did interesting yeah yeah and that that computer core is out of hand i with fletcher yeah fletcher left to his own devices is not good he needs to work yeah he needs to work in a non-technical capacity with whatever he ends up doing back on earth um now there there is we do have rutherford who Mm -hmm. is smart and he is part cyborg 
Yes, and, very true. Yeah, and, and he's okay so far. So, so far. Yeah. So far. <laughs> so, he better yeah. not be evil. I would be crushed, truly crushed. <laughs> but, but he did create a, a hybrid of Clippy and, you know. Um, <laughs> right, his son is a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Or a yeah. would-be murderer. Hannibal but, Lecter meets Clippy, right? <laughs> yeah, so let's, uh, all right. We all know Clippy. We have all experienced Clippy, right? I, I mean, it, it seems like that is... It, it, it is a reference to something that has been gone now from Microsoft for like more than 10 years, I believe. <laughs> but so immediately recognizable, probably to everybody who watched this. And I think we just, we all get, we all sort of tune into the idea of just the love-hate relationship with technology, right? I, I mean, particularly technology that tries to present itself as being warm and fuzzy, we just mm-hmm. immediately distrust Right. Yeah, it reminds me of the auto. I turn all my predictive texts off immediately because I use Canadian <laughs> spelling. I use the proper spelling. Oh, so it okay. reminds me of every time my emails like, did you mean it? I was like, no, I didn't mean favorite has a U in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so so Clippy and I would not jam. <laughs> that's funny because uh, I, I have gotten, uh, we, we create our shows in Google Docs and certain things Google Docs will learn and remember. Like early on in Mission Log, writing the phrase red shirt as yep. one word, it learned it eventually and red shirt, it stopped flagging. Uh, somebody, I believe it was David who said, so is Badgley the British version of Badgie? And, and yeah, and, and it's funny. So stumbling Sir over my Badgley, words. Sir Badgley, thank Sir you. Badgley. <laughs> Stumbling over my words here, it, it still, it underlines and tries to correct Boimler as Boiler mm-hmm. and Badgie as either Budget or budget. <laughs> something else. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. I want to read it like that. Yeah. So, uh, oh gosh. Uh, what else, Vice Admiral? What else is on your mind tonight? Well, um, I, I don't think we have any time or, or we probably shouldn't have time to talk about any of the Star Trek Day stuff, but there was a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff. Hey, uh, please, please fill us in a bit on that. Just give us a couple of highlights because I I don't know about you, Ashley. I I missed all of it and I feel terrible because uh, I also spent a lot of time on that Monday in the car and then Tuesday Mm -hmm. spent all day doing tech support essentially for Mm -hmm. other people not getting any of my work done. So I missed most of Star Trek Day. I heard people saying that like the Strange New Worlds panel was fantastic. Uh, what stood out to you? Uh, well, George Takei uh, definitely mm. stood out. Um, that was uh, that was special. Um, some of the uh, some of the stuff about the upcoming things, especially uh, like you said, Strange New Worlds, that was uh, fascinating and well worth watching if you've got the time. Um, and there were an awful lot of touching moments, especially when there was you know the um, tribute to Aaron Eisenberg. And- Very sweet. Some uh, some of those memorable bits that came up with some of the the other casts so it was it's all worth it and it's not like it's all day really it's it's all it's yeah. worth watching and uh, especially there's there's a some some Rod Rod uh, had some interesting bits on there as well I'm sorry Rod who um, I believe his name is Rod Roddenberry <laughs> I, that sounds unlikely I John's, will look John's into it John's not familiar yes I will look into it. Um, no, that, that's very cool. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to see a lot of that. Somebody had written into the show and said, 
Strange New Worlds, this sounds like my jam. Like they're yeah. really excited about that. And they were excited about that panel. I would love to see George as well, uh, just because he's always good. Uh, anything that he said in particular, or did, did he did he get political and uh, fiery, <laughs> I hope? <laughs> I, I, I don't think, I, well, I watched it, but I'm not going to say that I could quote it. So I'll let mm-hmm. him speak mm-hmm. for himself. Okay, very good. Fair. Very good. Luckily, the panels are still up. So if anybody missed it, this is not like some other events where they're only leaving the videos up for 24 hours. Uh, Trek knows what's up and they know we're going to get to it when we need it and revisit it. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Cool. Well, excellent. Well, uh, great to hear from you tonight. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. Sure. Absolutely. I I am wearing the only con shirt that I got from a con this year. Oh my God. (laughs) I love that. It's a mostly social media based con, you know, so it's. uh... (laughs) That is awesome. I love it so much. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful week and I will talk to you again next week. Take care. Take care. Bye. Um, Yeah. Just checking out some of the comments here and we got uh, Chris and Lou standing by. Promise we will get to you both very soon. yeah, being told here that, uh, uh, well, David says Strange New Worlds will be major, and uh, I believe that the uh, the panels are still up at, at CBS All Access as well as at StarTrek.com. I believe it's free for, for everybody to get through mm-hmm. to that. Um, and then uh, somebody says seeing the Lower Decks actors was really cool. Which I, I bet, I honestly, I, I haven't looked too, too deeply at IMDb and haven't matched always a human face with the <laughs> character face. Hilariously, they look, a, with the exception of Tendi, because she's obviously not green. Not green, they yes. They look yeah. a lot like their human avatars as well. <laughs> so I wonder if they did that, though, because sometimes an animator I, will take inspiration from, you know, an actor, particularly doing a read. And... I would... I would assume so, or that they at least got maybe their headshots or a full mm-hmm. body shot and said, hey, it doesn't have to look exactly like this person, but if you want to take inspiration, that would be really great. Uh, Eugene, who does the voice of Rutherford, like that, it straight up looks like what if he was a robot, Yeah, which is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, there was uh, a character that I missed in this one because I, I made a note to myself uh, that, of course, J.G. Herzler was very recognizable yes. in this. Even the eye patch homage was so great. Yes, that was so cool. And then um, uh, Jack McBrayer, his voice uh, as Badgie, he changed a little bit, particularly we did the really yeah. high pitch stuff, but still He's Jack still McBrayer. Canon. <laughs> he still is, yeah. <laughs> Who is Fletcher? Okay, I have been trying to find that, but every time I search, because it's not on yeah. the regular IMDb page, every time I search, I just keep getting, there is a TNG character named Fletcher, and people are trying to figure out, and he's like a white dude with brown hair, if it's the same character carried over. I cannot yeah. find who the voice actor is. Uh, so without me going like this, if somebody in the chat wants to clue us in, we would love to know. <laughs> well, yeah, no, because I, I went to uh, IMDb and mm-hmm. I was looking, it, it just says voice, 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 but not a character attribution yes. for some of those actors. So yeah. one of those has to be Fletcher, I assume. 
and a little weird that it wouldn't be updated. So yeah, if you know, uh, drop it in the chat. Because he was great. That character's the worst, but he did a great performance. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanna come back to some themes about that. So like my my big theme was failing upward, uh, (laughs) which which we'll definitely get to. And then- uh, A season long uh, theme, I think, because we've seen it come up a couple of times as well. Truly, truly. And and I just have to know uh, anybody in our audience, would they be down for a pureed cantaloupe chugging? Because uh, I was just surprised that, like, that it was. I'd take it over the queso, thing. to be completely honest. Because <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. no bueno. <laughs> right, right. Hey, uh, we will. We got Chris standing by. I will. We're we're almost at the halfway point here, so I figure now is as good a time as any, and then we'll just just plow into those morals, meaning messages and uh, and discussions. Yes. But we'll talk about teeny tiny spaceships here for a I second. I have one. You have one? Oh, wait, a oh, wait talk to me. organized and brought one. I broke the stand on this one. So she is flying so low. But the best thing about Eagle Moss ships is they are officially authorized by CBS Studios. And they have the official Star Trek Discovery Starship Collection, which is available now. They are the newest, hottest, sexiest ships available. And this special collection features brand new ship concepts and designs. They're way bigger and cooler than this one from all the seasons of Star Trek Discovery. And it will include a bunch of cool ones from season three coming at us in four weeks. I'm so oh sad that Lord X is going to be over. There'll be more. There'll be more. You'll be back. There will. Be back. There will. I, I better be judged. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll wear your skin. I will. Uh, I'll cut your nose off. But each of the Discovery ships, back to what we were talking about, has gone yes. through all this cool reference study. It has been reproduced under the supervision of, not related to me, Ben Robinson, Star Trek expert, dude in charge of accuracy and detail. He does a fine job. They are fine ships you could just claim it you could just be like yeah we're related he's a star trek expert i'm a star trek expert claim well, it. i have no family in the it's states so it would be such a lie <laughs> he, he's in england he's... Ew, is he? yeah well, then we might actually be related <laughs> there you go there you go distant uh, distant cousin <laughs> absolutely so the thing that you'll notice and you're probably seeing it on your screen here is that these ships are a little bigger than the regular eagle moss ships uh like the uss baran you can start your collection with that when the ncc 1422 is just over nine inches long from the front of the saucer to the tip of its quad style nacelles all the ships in this collection are in that larger scale they're made of the same quality materials die cast metal and abs materials And yes, they are hand-painted with reference to those CG models, the ones that are used in production. Every ship comes with a display base. Um, Sorry about yours, Ashley. I know. That's a shame. Plus, plus, responsible starship owner. (laughs) Plus the collector's magazine featuring behind-the-scenes info, original design sketches, and a breakdown of the technology used on board. So if you know that you're a more responsible Starship owner than me, it is time to start your collection with the Cardenas class, USS Baran. John talked about it. You know her. She was destroyed in the opening scenes of Discovery by handsome evil Captain Lorca. (laughs) And you can get it through our special mission log offer. You know it's coming. Why else are you here? It's only $9.95 with free shipping. All you have to do to claim it, go to herocollector.com slash mission log. Sign up and use the code mission at checkout they have a bunch of other cool models including the discovery who doesn't need a discovery in their life the corolla the new birds of prey i say it every time it looks so cool and after that they will ship exclusively at a 20 percent discount just for you from the standard resale price every month with 
free shipping. How cool is that? That's brilliant. And look, if you subscribe, which you want to do, the longer you stay subscribed, you will be entitled to over $100 worth of free gifts that they send you. So keep that subscription going. They definitely reward you over time. You can find the full details again at herocollector.com slash mission log. The only way to get the brand for nine ninety five mm-hmm. is by entering mission at checkout. And that will show you that special offer. But look, if you want to just purchase your favorite ships individually. You can do that online at shop.eaglemoss.com or at your local comic book shop. They'll run you the regular price of about $54.95 each. By the way, some uh, just fun stuff in the chat that I was noticing as we were doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Riker says he wants a working one-to-one scale model. It'll cost you more than fifty-four oh, ninety-five. I'm sorry to say. It? Where would you put it? In space. That's that's. Where I, you I would guess. Put it. Yeah. Um, David said. David said uh, he has broken and gorilla glued the Reliant twice. Seems fitting. He says. Yes. So uh, and then Alan says, "I love that QVC rotation on that ship. I love it too." So uh, we are very happy about all of that. And thank you again to Eagle Moss. Um, Oh, uh, Dominic, we, we will probably get into this. Uh, Dominic says, oh, by the way, Rick, I apologize. Is it John and Ken got me hooked on Eagle Moss ships years ago, 80 plus so far, Ooh. much to my wife's chagrin. Rick, thank you. Rick, apologies to your wife, uh, just from me to her. Um, so we will get into this and, and we, we got Chris here in just a second. Dominic says, I want to know uh, what John thinks of all the references because at the beginning he mentioned wanting perhaps less bonk bonk with them, but they have been, uh, but they've done the opposite. Are you more bugged? Are you dealing with it? Are you loving it? And did you like the perfect mate one, uh, i.e. the frozen princesses uh, in the, uh, in the, the Starfleet junk? Um, Dominic, I'm I'm uh, I'm not loving the list style jokes, and and, and I'll tell you why. Well, I, I I've told everybody why, but I, I really started thinking more deeply about why I I don't like it. So first of all, to me, it's the writers waving their hands, jumping up and down, and telling us, like making sure that we know that they've watched Star Trek. And, and I assume they have. I, I get it because they're writing Star Trek, so therefore they have watched Star Trek. Um, the other thing is just stylistically. Like, I, I think some people talk like that. Some people will give you a list of information, but everybody doesn't do that. So it just seems a little weird to keep throwing that in the mouths of everybody, that this is how they relate, this is how they talk. Um, also, it just comes across as like a greatest hits thing. And uh, I, I describe this as somebody where, like, uh, you go to Disneyland and they do a show or they do a parade or they do a fireworks thing, whatever. And it's just like, it's not a new context. It's just like, hey, remember that song? Hey, remember that song from that movie? Hey, we also did that movie hey, here's this other song from this other movie. And it's like, that, that's fine. I remember all that stuff when it was new. Now, if you're going to do something with it, please put it in a new context that actually gives it more depth, more meaning to me. Um, How did you and, feel about the teaser on this episode? Oh, uh, wait. Where they were doing me? all the different sounds of this because it was like, oh, this is what Voyager sounds oh, like. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I, I had less of a problem with only because they're all contemporary ships. Mm-hmm. And, okay. it, you know, so it's like, oh, we're talking about the Enterprise D. Although Enterprise D is long gone at this point. 
but legendary. But legendary, but legendary. That's fine, you know. Uh, Voyager, yeah. So that, that's a little more acceptable. I thought it was really more... cute. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like, it's a funny bit that they would be doing yeah. that. That seemed in character for that group. But the the thing is, I've noticed that a lot of their references are like a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. So I get it as somebody who is into all things vintage. I get if you say a flippy <laughs> type communicator, like oh yeah, 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 I get that. I'm cool. But when every reference in a list is a hundred years old, it's mm-hmm. like, I, it would be like us having a conversation now about only things that happened in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. So it, it might be charming and interesting the first time I mentioned Charlie Chaplin, but if I say, whoa, hey, what is this fatty Arbuckle eloping with Lila Lee? I mean, <laughs> come on. What, you know, it, it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. You fatty know? Arbuckle, by the way, good true crime pull. Ooh, see, there you go. Wait, gu- guilty or innocent? Because uh, yeah, innocent, there was a lot in of... my opinion. Yeah, but definitely yeah. not. Uh, I'm, I'm not super, super well versed in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say innocent. So I, I don't know. I, I like. I really like deep cut references. I mean, look, if you listen to an episode of Mission Log, there will always be a reference in there to something that 90% of the audience has not heard. And that's the fun of doing the show. Oh, I know you've got the Charlie X in your notes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, But it's the style of delivery when to me it Mm -hmm. feels like you're stopping the show and saying like, okay, uh, here and now we are going to give you a list of things. Yeah, that, that's what what throws me. So, eh. anyway, that that's my little rant. And Dominic, uh, thank you for bringing it up. And we'll we'll see. I, I don't know if maybe even the writers felt like okay, we've done this one too many times. I don't know. And sometimes you, know? you don't know those things uh, till you're on the other side of it. Right. So it'll be right. interesting to see if that carries over into season two, or yeah. maybe it's something that'll go away, or we'll see it less often. I don't know. Do you feel like the pacing has slowed down a little bit? I do. I actually think, I think this episode and the episode before were less laugh out loud joke funny, but I thought they were better episodes because we're getting a lot of character development and we're getting a lot more evolution. Like I loved that this episode, Boimler and Mariner got to be friends. They were not at odds. Like that was so cool. And like, oh yeah, we make a good team. And it seems like uh, my couple's finally gonna kiss each other. I was so happy. I thought of you. I thought of you at that moment. Yes. Like just yes. kiss. It's all I want. Yes. Rendy is apparently their name. Just kiss. Ah, nice. <laughs> see that. That's what's so good about this show is that take away the Star Trek, take away the comedy. They're building characters that have arcs that have growth, and I mm-hmm. love that about. And it's a. It, it's a lot of character stuff that I'm pulling for. Yes. You know, whereas some other shows is just like, okay, I get there's a lot of depth here, but I don't know if I'm behind that character. I don't know if I'm really pulling for that character or just waiting for the next tragedy. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. I I think that's a great strength that the show has. And I also think uh, I, you know, I say it a lot, but it's a weird year. And so I'm really glad that we have the show bringing us joy, even if we're like, well, that's a lot of lists, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. All right. So, uh, thank everybody who's been standing by. Just a little, little diversion there to uh, to answer some stuff. Joining us now is Chris. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, good to be back. Good to see both you guys. Uh, I like hey. your background. It's so cute. I actually, I actually, I actually made these. These, these. I have my camera backwards. Um, what? Yeah, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, so they're little perler beads. Uh, you yeah. might remember from when you were very small That's and you so put cool. the beads on the pegboard and you iron them. Uh, yeah, so I made those the other day. They now sit in my office. Very excited. That uh, is awesome. Yes. Yeah, wow. yeah those are cool. Um, no, really digging this week. Um, I think we've really been, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, on sort of the upward trajectory of the season. And I think we're, we're still getting better. I really like, I think sort of Mariner's arc this season is sort of we're watching her come back from the edge. Like when we meet her, I think like she sort of put herself down into the ensigns. And I think also she's like made up her mind that she can't be friends with anybody because they're not, they all want to follow the rules or they're going to be, they're going to hinder her and her quest to mm-hmm. be good or whatever. And so I like that as the season progresses, she was like warming up to Boimler, like, oh, I can work together. We can be collaborative and that sort of there is a place for everyone in Starfleet which I think was also a nice message this week was that you just have to be yourself and you don't have to go create murderous holograms to impress the girl you like (laughs) you can can just be yourself so really nice sweet messages all around really liking where Mariner's arc is going yeah yeah I I kind of wonder you know really with any Star Trek but with any writing um every writer will approach something very differently and and obviously you want to lead with character you want to lead with story Star Trek is unique Star Trek is very different there are all these expectations that we dump onto Star Trek and one of those expectations is that you will have something aspirational with characters that you look up to that there will be some sort of commentary about the human condition or about humanity's interaction and where we go in the future. There are all these things that we bring to it. Doesn't mean that every episode ever has to nail that. Um, But something like Lower Decks, where it has to be funny, but it also has to be Star Trek. I honestly wonder if they sort of got together and said, okay, I've watched hundreds of hours of Star Trek and here's what I get. I get, Mm. like you just said, Chris, I get characters who are finding their way, realizing there is a place for me in this future. There's a place for me in this world. I want to explore that, and I can do that through this character. Or whatever other theme you you might find in there. Like, I I honestly wonder if it makes sense as a writer to, to begin with that and sort of work your way into it? Or do you just start with the character and go, okay, Mariner's like this. She's finding her way. She has all these kind of rough around the edges aspects. Let's see where she goes. And if we get lucky, she'll wind up here. You know, I'm not a writer, so I, I it's really It's know. my hope that with a franchise as emotionally impactful as Trek, that most of the people in the room are fans. Not mm-hmm. You don't have to be a fan to write great, anything any any franchise certainly but what a great what a great idea to be like these are the themes that we attach to so those are the stories we want to tell instead of just opening with the traditional like this is boimler his want is this his need is this every time he services his want he's punished every time he services his need he's rewarded and then we build his arc out over the seas i think that is that's just like such a beautiful idea. <laughs> and also, if they did that, Mike, I hope you took a picture of the whiteboard and I would love to see it. Thank you. Ooh, yes, yes. <laughs> Mike, if you're listening, which I think you do sometimes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you were gonna. 
what else, Chris? What else uh, struck you here? In, uh, Let's think. I mean, obviously, huge fan of Badgie. Always need more Badgie in my life. <laughs> Happy Badgie or angry Badgie? Mm-hmm. I, I like, see, I, I, was, I think I'm like right on the edge of people mm-hmm. who remember and interact with Clippy. Um, so I like the idea, like, I like Happy Badgie because, oh, it's Clippy. But I also like the joke of Clippy will murder you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 just, just like that. It's like, oh, oh, no, now you've done it. Now you've done it. That, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but yes. yeah, very excited for Badgie. Any Badgie merch. Um, I, I am thinking about Badgie cosplay. I'm ruminating from the <laughs> early ages. What we're going to do. But uh, we're, we're thinking about it, definitely. Get get you some nice foam and some super glue. Right. You can do anything. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, by the way, I, just, I, I think both of you will appreciate this. My, my favorite uh, little chunk of dialogue. Uh, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do with the enemy ship. And I, I believe the captain says, uh, if we fire on them, it's an act of war. Shaq says, I advise we fire on them. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Shax, Shax is great. I love Shax. Shax is fantastic. So Let me fire on the wolf core. Let me fire yeah. on the wolf <laughs> He got some action this episode, too. I know. There was kissing in this episode, just not who I expected it to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, right. He's uh, probably my favorite uh, upper decker uh, on this oh, cast. Definitely, He's definitely. so good. I, I think they need to explore Ransom quite a bit more. They did a great job with him uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And particularly in that stuff with him and Mariner, uh, when he goes out to fight the, I can't remember what so that thing ethical. was called. So, <laughs> but, but that was great. It really gave him depth. And mm-hmm. I feel like they've gone back now to sort of that two-dimensional version of him we got before. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that was a hint of more to come with him. Uh, I hope so too. Guys. I ho- and I also hope that as the show goes on, uh, for a full Star Trek Seven series run, uh, that we get a little more merger between. I just hit my microphone. I'm so sorry, everybody okay. listening. Uh, <laughs> between the upper and lower decks, because in this episode, I yes. thought they were the most separate that they've been this entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good. For point. good and for ill, of course. Yeah. Anything else tonight, Chris? Uh, I mean, yeah. I would definitely love to see more sort of character mix matching. Because I think for most of the season we've been, it's Mariner and Boimler and Tandy and Rutherford, which is fine. It's wonderful. My one wish is I really want Girls' Night. I want Tandy and Mariner yes. and maybe the one that Jillian Jacobs voiced last week. I want her to come back and have them yeah. do an arc. That would be mm, good. Good. I would love that with all of my heart and soul. <laughs> Please <laughs> give it to me. A fantastic <laughs> idea. Uh, was anybody disappointed that we didn't get to see the choo-choo dance yes oh my god i mean sometimes with stuff like that it's kind of like with jaws it's funnier if you are just left to imagine it right you know boimler is a terrible dancer (laughs) and i want to see it he's got to dance like a cardboard gorilla He does. He does. Uh, again, I can relate to him. Uh, so, hey, me too. I'm right there with you. <laughs> right. right. Uh, what else, Chris? Anything else tonight? Um, I will say I like I like the idea of the show having cold opens. I'm also a mm. really big fan of Brooklyn Nine Nine, who has just sort of mastered the art of the cold open. And yeah. so I would not. I, I would be amenable to having another show on my sort of watch list that does similar stuff. Yeah. Nice. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think about those two shows, Lower Decks and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, having some similar uh, styles of comedy, but they do. They absolutely do. So good call. 
Excellent, man. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. And we will see you again soon, okay? Of course. Wonderful. All right. Cheers. Have a good Bye. one. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and uh, rounding out things tonight. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I, May, I think he's there. May, maybe, maybe. maybe. Uh, I see him there kind of in the camera. It's Lou, the clown prince of Star Trek, joining us live from somewhere in Canada. Hey. The, where, where there are no fires, I should point out. You're uh, both welcome if you can cross the border safely. Hey, I there, got a there... Canadian passport. <laughs> is, it, is it still valid? You can. Oh, go? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because our, our, we're, 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 you know, our, our, our borders are closed at this point. Yes, uh, but I'm kudos. a nice Canadian citizen. <laughs> I, uh, oh, I was gonna, uh, okay, sorry, I'm, I, I, I've got all my improv notes here. I'm gonna be skimming through this more like last year. I should point, I should say to both of you, to quote Spock, your absence was keenly felt. Aww. Oh, well, hey, we're glad to be here. Uh, um, I, I thoroughly enjoy, uh, look, I love working with Norman so much, love and Norm. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting to be a spectator that night, as Ashley did as well, and just mm -hmm. like, cool, I get somebody else's perspective now. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I I almost didn't make it tonight. I actually was uh, making pasta from scratch. I actually scratched the box. Oh, he like Riker. I scratched the box and got the instructions to put it in. <laughs> That's how I do it. Uh, I may not use that as my cold open. Um, I don't know about you, but every time I hear um, uh, Demby talk about um, spacewalk, I'm, I'm hearing Michael Jackson, I'm seeing the moonwalk. I, I, I don't know what, can, we, can, can they do that? Or is that, uh, is that move actually trademarked? Don't, don't know if it's know. trademarked. I will say that she she actually she had some grace. I, I thought to mm -hmm. uh, her spacewalk once. They, you know they did a little bit of it. I, I liked seeing the look of uh, uh, awe and wonder on her face at being mm -hmm. able to do the spacewalk. I want more of her spacewalking. Whether or not there is a moonwalk involved, mm -hmm. I guess we'll just have to see. That's what every happens they... every every time I hit the dance floor. You see everybody just going oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they bring up a spacewalk, I think of uh, George Clooney and Gravity being like, the longest spacewalk ever. <laughs> I was going to throw up some, some, uh, some words about uh, Canadian spelling. I can't, uh, I mean, it, it's not The, the correct the spelling? It's, I, I, I didn't say it. You said it, but I would have said I, it. I, I will die on it. that hill. That, that's, that's where I'm going to plant my flag as I apply for my American citizenship. I well, I mean, I, I, I am a, a lieutenant in the grammar police, so I do correct people who say lieutenant. It's left, left lieutenant. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Borg fan, it's left elevenant. Nice. You're, no, nobody's old enough to remember that. Uh, just a couple of quick, um, I don't want to call it you blow it, but let's say, let's say cl um, clearing up some misconceptions. Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, um, John suggested that the, the Chatner was from Toronto. He is not. He is from Montreal, where I grew up and mm -hmm. actually went to my alma mater. Uh, his, uh, his career was uh, slightly different uh, from, uh, from mine. There's no, there's no uh, student union building named after me, at least as far as I know. I haven't been there for a while. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't yeah. know. Um, and uh, Ashley quoted uh, one of the TAS episodes as the magics of Megas 3. Oh, yeah. Megas 2. Mm. <laughs> um, 
I, I, and again, this, this could be um, slightly obscure. I was going to ask, is uh, Dr. Tana's first name Dan? Oh, okay. There's a deep Oops, cut. Sir? Like the no, not at okay. all. Robert Urich Vegas. He parked his car in his living room, like I want to be able to do something. <laughs> so um, well, technically, no, technically, no. that's a trick <laughs> joke because his co-star was Avery Brooks. So I could consider that a little bit of a tie-in. Uh, my mm-hmm. space, just dad. a little bit. Yeah. Hey, um, we can also tie it back to my other favorite show and point out that Robert Urich was the captain in Love Boat: The Second Wave. <laughs> Thank you very much. Love Boat the Second Wave is your other favorite TV show? <laughs> well, not really. The Love Boat is. <laughs> well, this is going to be what's podcast wave, in you know. 2037 yeah. or something yep. like that. Yeah, 2037, we start um, the Love Boat podcast. Yeah. I did want to ask, nice. I, did, I, I did have a, a legitimate question, which I, I know is a, is a That would be frame. great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A nice change Please of pace. bring one of those on. Why mm-hmm. would putting trash in the warp core be a problem? Like if I had if I had a, 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 a fire burning or a bonfire or whatever why why would why would you not be able to to do that without uh, causing sure. a problem? I so I'm gonna go with the answer being uh, a we didn't know what he was burning. So to, to your example, like I could have a bonfire. I have a lovely uh, like a little bonfire on the beach and it's nice and it's just it's smoky burning wood. And then somebody comes and throws a tire on it. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, uh, it's burning, but you also ruin my fire. Okay, so okay, that yeah, enough. that that's going to be one thing. Probably just producing a lot of uh, you know uh, noxious fumes, whatever. The other thing is, how did he get into the warp core to uh, to actually throw the trash in there? Because I thought it was ma- maintenancing. Yeah, but <laughs> he's kind of you still got to be breaching some safety protocol, though. Yeah, right? yeah. almost assuredly. <laughs> yeah, and he's kind of an idiot. So yeah, he's like the guy who sticks his foot under the lawnmower to see if the blades are still going. Oh, no, oh. like, yeah, I, says, I, I have says, a relative who did that. Okay. This <laughs> no. coming from the man who just caught his, his, um, uh, his wire for his headphones under him and almost did a header into the, uh, into the computer. Well, okay. Thing. I punched the microphone earlier. So you're in good company. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. It's only when it punches back that it's a problem. That's, exactly. that's not, it deserved it. That microphone had it coming. It's got to unload its place. Um, I can't speak to the uh, to the cantaloupe smoothie. I hate melons. I actually wrote a song about it. <laughs> one ton of melons. They uh, gave me one ton of melons. It's a real song. Uh-huh. It's a real song I, that I wrote. We're not gonna. We're not going. I to, picked that uh, up. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you just uh, you probably just got a DRM uh, warning on our show. <laughs> we'll pull it down. Uh, actually, so Earl pointed out. He yeah. said, "I'm surprised that it wasn't hot cantaloupe." So if we're going to work on a season-long theme here, mm-hmm. we've had hot banana. I really, I really, really want the return of hot banana. Uh, oh, man, the idea of a hot cantaloupe is possibly even worse than a hot banana. <laughs> well, that was, that was my nickname in college. So, you know. It's, oh, oh, really? Hot yeah, cantaloupe? Hot, hot, hot banana, I was going to say. Cantaloupe <laughs> works better. Um, the only other thing that I had, at least up to now, um, uh, pe- uh, people were uh, – People have asked me because because uh, of my name, how Jewish am I? So I will say this: I am Jewish enough to call the rite of ascension the Klingon bar mitzvah. <laughs> However, I am not Jewish enough to call Star Trek II the Wrath of Cohen. I draw okay. the line. You gotta right. draw the lines. Okay. 
<laughs> Good to know. They, at least we're all being very culturally sensitive. Thank you. Thank you, Lou. Appreciate please, it. Please, both of you. Uh, I, I, I know it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a touchy subject, but I really hope you guys are staying safe, staying Thank warm you. and dry and away from the immediate dangers. I know living up here, we just get to see it. And, and yeah. I'm uh, just expressing my love and concern that, that, that you guys stay safe. And I hope to see you next week. You're welcome you so for the future for... pollution. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stay on your Good. side of the border. <laughs> Good night, Good. guys. Good night. Take care. We are going to do creative, uh, creative with masks now. No, you know, the one nice thing about doing the podcast like this, don't have to wear a mask. I'm inside, but, you know. Well, yeah. I'll come down there and then we'll both have to wear masks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know where you are, John. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, Paul, by the way, in the chat says, uh, hot cantaloupe martini. Mm. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't drink grown-up drinks. I'm not a fun person. So no. I'm going to pass on that. Don't you say you're not a fun person just uh, because you did fun in many, many ways. Just uh, not, not the grown-up drinks. That's okay. There you go. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I'll tell you um, a story about my teenage drinking sometimes and you'll understand why. Yes, okay. <laughs> All right. So what else? We've got a couple of minutes here. And um, yes, you were talking about the, the deep cuts, the references. Oh, that debris field. That Antares so, class. So good. Shift. Yes. Uh, when I was watching it, I was watching it with my husband, another great Trek fan. And he goes, mm-hmm. is that the Charlie X ship? And I was like... Who I don't, I don't know. I Charlie X is a a wild episode that almost makes sense, and you can trace the direct trajectory to Wesley Crusher through Charlie X to Jake Sisko, which right. is all very fun and cool. But yes, it it is uh, it's a CUDA approved, right? Yeah. So the the story on that, and and uh, hopefully I'm sure that some people know this, but the in a nutshell, the version of it is they didn't actually have a ship for that episode, mm-hmm. but then they created this ship for um, Star Trek, the animated series. Mike Okuda liked that design. Somebody did the Star Trek remaster. He was like, Ooh, I want that style ship. We'll plug it into TOS. So we get to do a TOS style version of that ship. And now he had named it. He, he just said, okay, the registry will be the NCC 501. So in this episode, it's the NCC 502, another Antares class uh, freight ship. I thought sister that was, ship. Sister ship, yeah. I thought that was so cool. And, and I love it when Trek does that, where the, they'll pick little pieces out of the animated series and then make them a little more alive like clearly we have a, a lot more sophisticated version of animation here yes. so they get to do a little more three-dimensional and just make it look cool and of course you know like enterprise famously did that by making the vulcan city look like the vulcan city from yesteryear on tas That's, so funny tas yeah. and enterprise i feel like are kind of the redheaded stepchildren of the trek franchises right, and i don't think right. I don't think either of them deserves to be, but with TAS in particular, it's really nice that Lower Decks is like taking the time and the bandwidth to be like, but, but we can do this and we can show you why this is cool and why we've loved it for so long. And now it is, as you say, well rendered. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and and do you feel like, you know, the further away we get from whatever version, whatever incarnation of Trek, uh, we tend to... 
we tend to like give it a pass. Like it tend to settle yes. down a bit more. So, you know, people, there, there's fan outrage about everything and people didn't like Voyager <laughs> at the time and people didn't like Enterprise at the time. But, you know, a couple of years later, I go to Star Trek Las Vegas and there's so much love for Enterprise. And then you be other people who are fans of the animated series. It's like, okay, see, but it's we also, it's hearing. also, it's beautiful to see people who are fans and sometimes that can turn you around on something. And mm-hmm. I think that's something mm-hmm. that the show is able to do. And it's something that we as fans, I think kind of have a duty to do because I was an enterprise naysayer and then mm. I was shown the light and it is among my, I would put it in my top half, right? If we're ranking all the series, I would put wow. enterprise in my top half. I think it is really good. I think it was ahead of its time. Um, I think Connor Trenier is so handsome <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice that now that we, like you say, now that we have some time on it, which sometimes is what happens, right? Like TOS came, it was really popular, got really popular in reruns. And then it kind of fell out of favor for a little bit. And then we all got really yeah. warm on it again. And now we're warming to, cause now John, do you know the nineties was like 30 years ago now? I mean, you're 25. You can't say here. I am but exactly. Come on. It's, it's been interesting to see people. Yeah. Like opening up and embracing and it'll be cool 20 or 30 years from now when we're embracing things that you and I might be pushing against now or that fans are not into now and they'll be into like that's that's the mark of a great franchise is we can bloom and grow with stories oh beautifully said i can't add anything else (laughs) except to say mission log live is produced by roddenberry entertainment executive producer rod roddenberry technical production on mission log live is by the indefatigable earl green be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, including Mission Log, Women of War, Priority One, The Trek Files, your daily Star Trek news, and Shabam! Shabam! There we go. That's what I wanted. <laughs> if you'd like to support Mission Log directly, you can give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thank you to everyone who has joined us live or later. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We look forward to talking with you next week. podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network